Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the live Q&A of yours truly. For those who typically join me at noon on Saturdays, the holiness course will re- will um, continue next week. I had a, a coaching call I had to take this morning um, that I wanted to be uh, make sure I was there for. And so um, today's lesson will be postponed to next week because um, me and my wife got some things we got to do. But I do definitely still want to serve you all with a live Q&A. So as everyone is coming in, let me know where you watch from all that good stuff. Um, but I'll go ahead and address the two audiences that are watching at the moment. For those who's watching later, I want to say thank you all so much for watching um, and for um, pressing play. I hope after you watch this video, you're like, man, I like this guy's vibe. I'm going to go ahead and subscribe because I think the guy's offering some good material. I would love to be a coach here online if you feel that way. But for those who's been rocking me for a long time and you're watching, whether you've been subscribed for 14 years or 13 years or you've been subscribed 13 minutes, I want to say thank you all so much. Um, for rocking with me and watching. And for those who's listening, we have a lot of listeners, man, thousands upon thousands on on end per episode. So I want to say thank you all so much for listening on your, while you're driving, while you're at work, while you're at the grocery store, while you're with your kids, with your family. I just want to count it, I count it an honor that you guys would trust me in that regard. So I'm going to answer some questions real quick before me and my wife go do some things. Uh, we just celebrate our three-year anniversary. So the weekend is where we're going to um, do some things. We're excited. Um, God has been gracious to our union, man. And um, it's an honor um, to serve my wife and and to be in partnership with her. As everyone's coming in, let you know about some new items. Um, my latest book, The Wholeness Journal, is now available. Um, it's a book that will help you process um, your wholeness. Uh, the Bible says, uh, count our joy and go through various trials, knowing this that the testing of your faith produces patience. And when patience has had, had her f- a perfect work, you will be complete, whole, lacking in nothing. And so my goal is to help you understand what it means to be whole and to hold the things of life correctly. So all those uh, resources, including the card game, I got to get a better graph for that. We're going to have a rollout for the card game pretty soon. But all those resources are available on my website, imunplugged.com. Or you can just simply go to Amazon right now and um, get those books as well. We have other books as well, as well as The Purpose of Singleness. Are You Whole or Full of Holes? We also got a book on uh, Soul Ties. Whom the Sun Sets Free is Free Indeed, so the purpose of freedom, how to untie soul ties or root strongholds, that book's available as well. We also got um, the book on discernment, um, how to continue to discern the will of God in every area of your life. We also got a dating book to help those date God, date themselves, and become dateable so they can date the love of their life forever. All those tools, resources, books, card games, ways to support what I do here to create more content and resources, you can do that on my website at I am unplugged.com let's get some questions joshua Pittman says hey coach my question is i often sometimes struggle with caring about how people view me sometimes i can be hard on myself when trying to make sure i'm representing god perfectly well you cannot perfectly represent god um because god's ways and thoughts and and ideals are are not like ours. There is a huge gulf in between us and him, but thank God that he allowed his spirit, which is fully God to be fully in us to help us navigate life and to become more like him day in and day out. So you got to first eliminate all that pressure off all for you because it's impossible to do so. And sometimes we, we are hard on ourselves, um, um, because we just, uh, we, we, we really don't like ourselves or not necessarily we don't like ourselves, but we're hard on ourselves because we, we, we want to see unrealistic 
uh, outcomes to, to be a part of our lives, which is unrealistic, right? And so you say, I oftentimes struggle with caring about how people view me. You have to understand, there's always going to be various views about you. There's going to be people who view you properly. There's going to be people who are going to view you improperly. But the goal is, how does God view me? How do I view myself? And how do I view the world? Those three things what you should worry about right now. How does God view me? The best way to find out how God views me is to go to his word. How do I view myself? After I've allowed myself to get a clear view and I look in the perfect law of liberty as a mirror, which is the word of God, and I'm able to now begin to see myself clearly, then I will be able to view the world clearly, even viewing how people view me correctly and, and realizing that I don't let it get to my head to cause me to be puffed up in pride or get to my heart to make me feel torn apart, right? So you got to focus on those three views. How does God view me? How do I view myself and how do I view the world? And then you will care less about how people view you because you are in God's view. You are perfectly in view of yourself and self-examine yourself and you're able to view <clears throat> and navigate the world appropriately. Hope that helped. Great question, family. So work on those three things, my friend. Uh, Calcia, uh, I know I just butchered your name. My apologies. Hey, coach, hope you're well. Simba says, hey, coach, what is the fight of lust? Why is the fight of lust so difficult? Sometimes it feels difficult to overcome day by day. Any help? Of course, I got help for you, fam. Um, this is what I would say. Number one, uh, we live in a lustful world. The end of the God of this world, lowercase g, the devil has made this world on every end very lustful very uh tailored to that because he knows when a person gets caught up in sexual lustful desires <clears throat> those things are the strongest glue the strongest glue for people who don't have a clue right so when you don't have a clue of what love is lust becomes a stronger glue keeping you attached to different things to try to get you into that darker side of yourself that lower frequency of yourself that 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 fleshly side of you where you are easily controlled that way. Why? If if you are a lust-centered individual, right, and you're walking or navigating a lustful climate, then that lustful climate can dictate your outcomes. So the enemy wants to get you uh, not to be focused on God. If the enemy wants you to suffocate uh, um, productivity and you get into procrastination, not tap into your full potential and producing a purpose and give, God's, the, uh, give God the glory, then I will use the environment of the world that's lustful because he knows that men are easily triggered by, by, by leggings or by shorts or by women or just by all these different things because we live in such a sexualized culture. And so that's why you got to heal from within. And oftentimes we try to treat the symptoms versus treating the source. The source of the issue could be insecurities, inadequacies, uh, childhood abuse, neglect, abandonment, rejection, those things or unforgiveness. <clears throat> or resentment, those things have to be dealt with first before you can navigate this world the way you can without being so easily distracted. Now, secondly, you have to ask yourself, what environments am I allowing myself in? What is my internal environment? What do I allow to come through the window of my of my soul, the eyes? What am I allowing to come in? Am I engaging in through the ear gate, the eye gate, lustful content that makes me easily triggered lustfully, right? And which makes the fight even more difficult. But when you know that the fight has already been won and you're working from victory, not for victory, have dealt with the root reason of why you're not having victory, then you will begin to see yourself not easily affected by the climate. So you said sometimes it feels difficult to overcome day by day. 
I understand. And that's why you got to look at the last seven days of your life of the difficulties when it came to lust. What were those days like? How did you engage those days? How did you prepare for those days? Uh, how was how was your communication with God during those days? Were you in your word during those days? Uh, do you have an accountability? So you got to assess those days to see where are you more prone to fall. Then make the adjustments going forward, right? Then you say, okay, if these seven days or the last 30 days were difficult because of these X, Y, or Z reasons, let me now get to the beginning of the alphabet, the ABCs. What are the ABCs of overcoming lust? What are the ABCs? Number one, A, I got to acknowledge that I'm incapable of doing this on my own. I have to acknowledge God in all of my ways. I got to become very familiar with God's attributes. B, I got to believe that it's possible. I got to believe it's possible to overcome lust, no matter how lustfully uh, centered uh, this world is. I got to believe. I got to believe anything is possible through him who makes anything possible. And see, I got to make the necessary changes to make sure that as I navigate my day, I have certain uh, a circle of systems that's going to help me navigate. In order to have the X, Y, Z to be correct, you got to have the ABCs correctly. But lust is just a strong, overbearing desire for something. And usually we have an overbearing desire for something when we have our hope in anything else other than God. When your hope is in God, you don't really desire much overly. But when your hope is in um, something uh, else other than God, then your desire is going to naturally bubble over and exceed. Uh, and, and then it will supersede its safe limits, making it extra difficult for you. Hope to help. Um, Jody Real says, if we are covered by the blood of Christ, then why do bad things still happen? We live in a fallen world, fam. The, the real question is, why haven't the bad, bad happened? Bad is going to happen. Um, and sometimes bad happens because we have bad practices. Bad things don't happen because God makes bad things happen. Most of the bad things that happens in our life is because either one, we have bad practices or two, we have bad obedience. We didn't listen, Right. I don't have a lot of bad things happen to me because I endeavor to have better practices. I, I endeavor to have biblical practices. I endeavor to have practices that will, will bring things to me favorably, right? I reap what I sow. So if I'm sowing bad things and I have to ask myself, am I, am, if I'm reaping bad things, I got to ask myself, am I sowing bad things, right? Because a lot of the things happen because I think it's probably 95, 90% of the things that happens to us is because of bad practices or not being led by the Spirit of God. The other 10% is because we live in a fallen world, right? But most of the time, it's because we're, we have bad practices that bring that brings about bad outcomes, or we when the Holy Spirit tells us to make a left, we still go right, and then the wrong thing happens, right? So we're covered in the blood. You should be thankful for the things that haven't happened. I'm talking about you, Jody, but we have to be always be thankful for the things that didn't happen because it could be worse. But before you, before we blame the blood or before we blame the cross, before we blame God, before we say, what's the, is, the, is the blood sufficient? Is God's protection sufficient? Before we ask that, we got to ask ourselves, in my free will, what am I doing? Do I have bad practices? Brings If I'm bad with money, I can't get mad when more money doesn't come my way. If I'm bad relationship, I can't get mad when all my relationships fall. If 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 I get into car accident after car accident, I get into all these different things, and I know the Holy Spirit told me to go a different way, but I went anyway. The only person I can blame is myself. Hope to help. Thank you. Thank you for the happy anniversary. We appreciate it. That was a good question. That's right. God's girl says, You're welcome. Happy anniversary. God bless you too. With many more. Blessed. That's right. 
My wife's a blessing. These three years have been amazing. And maybe one day we'll tell what we've learned so far in our three years. Uh, Slayer97501 says, hey, coach, the woman I am pursuing for marriage and loving for life and I are frequently encountering miscommunication, which leads us to both feel unloved by the other. How do we work and fix this? Great question. The woman I am pursuing for marriage and loving for life and I and I are freak. Okay. So basically, just based upon just a conversation, what I would do is I would get my uh significant other and I would simply ask her, How do you communicate? Because miscommunication is because we have misinformation, misreservations. Uh, 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 Hmm. So miscommunication could be because I have misreservations, meaning that that I, I'm reserving things in my heart from how my mom may have communicated, how my dad communicated. I have reservations in my heart. Maybe I have doubts. Maybe I have insecurities. Maybe I have fears. Maybe I'm not as confident to communicate. Maybe I feel guilty. Therefore, I don't know how to communicate properly. There could be a lot of different things that leads to misinformation and miscommunication, right? But the best way to fix miscommunication going forward is to really sit down and say in the last three conversations that we had, where did we miss each other? Because oftentimes as men, we're very logical. Women are more emotional. So in communication, a man is waiting for the logic while the woman is waiting for the emotion. Therefore, the communication is missed because the man's like, why are you so passionate about this when it's a logical solution here? So now you got to ask yourself, okay, <clears throat> in the last three conversational points where we missed each other why how did we miss each other why did we miss each other then you will begin to find the holes in y'all's communication oh so when you say this you really mean this you wasn't really having a strong tone with me you was just i understand now right because that's important because when you communicate without having first an initial communication on communication, you're going to continue to have miscommunication. So you have to have the initial conversation or, uh, on, on communication so you'll know how each other communicate. And then you won't be distracted by miscues because of the reservation you have about those cues. Oh, you raised your voice. Oh, but maybe you did like me and my wife. Before we got married, our final counseling session was was uh, revolution uh, revolutionized the way we communicate. I'm Nigerian and Nigerians oftentimes get passionate about what they say. So when I get passionate, she thinks I'm yelling, but I'm not yelling. When she began to realize, oh, he's getting passionate. He's not being aggressive. And I had to realize my pastor was like, I got to realize you six foot two, man. You six foot two, two something. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you what the other numbers are. You two something. When you get passionate, you become bigger, which can then intimidate her. Then I had to realize, oh, that doesn't mean I don't make any, well, I'm Nigerian, you got to take it. No, I have to meet, what's the common ground of the of, of communication? So when I feel myself get passionate, I have to realize, turn it down, Josh, you're not even, you're not yelling, but you're big. And right now in, emotional, in an emotional conversation, you getting big can make her feel real small and make her feel whatever. You got to come more tenderly. You can still be passionate about what you're saying, but you have to bring it down a notch. And oftentimes she'll remind me, you're getting passionate and then, you know, you're right, I bring it down, right? On her end, she can be very direct and those directives can be triggering. And so we had to realize in these type of conversations before they get to this level, maybe we, sh maybe I should go to the grocery store. Maybe you should go over there and read the Bible or something. 
or I'll go read the Bible. We go our separate ways, whatever we love to do. Maybe get on your prayer call and we'll come back when it is, it's calmer, right? But if it's miscommunication on the basic things, then you have to have a conversation on, on how each other love to communicate and then find the common ground of communication and then let, when you find a common ground, then plant new seeds and then watch your communication blossom from there. Hope they help. <clears throat> Ms. Thomas says, how does God view me? He views you as his daughter. He views you as someone that he fearfully and wonderfully made. He views you as beautiful. He views you as an intelligent design. He views you with such possibilities and potential that you know not of, that he wants you to make you aware of. He views you as one of a kind. He views you as someone worth of investing his life for. He views you as priceless. He views you as worthy of his love, worthy of his attention because of what the son did. He views you priceless. He views you uh, um, full of wonder, full of full of a lot of different things. That's how God views you. Simba says, you still doing individual coaching? Yeah, I'm doing a little bit. Send me your, send me your budget. Send me, email me. I'm opening up some slots for sure. So definitely send it to me, family. Uh, save Lucas says, oh, and great advice. God gets the glory. Thank you, family. Save Lucas says, how do you ask God to open doors for you? It is really as simple as asking or is it more to it than just doing your part? Great question. <clears throat> well, God's a gentleman. Just keep walking with him. And if he if he starts walking to an establishment, he'll open that door. One thing about me I've learned, I don't worry about the doors. I worry about, I focus my attention on God. I focus my attention on going with the flow of God. Going with the flow of God simply means I fellowship with him to a degree where, where when he leaves me, uh, he'll open wherever he takes me, right? I go with the flow. I let him lead. Practically, what I do in my day-to-day -day is continue to steward what he has called me to steward now. If I don't steward well where I'm at now, why would he open another door? So I don't worry about the door that he I want him to open. I make sure I steward the open door he opened, right? And then over time, while you fellowshipping with him, while your love is growing in him, while your obedience is growing in him, and, and when you continue to worship him, that's what the flow means. Fellowship, love, obedience, and worship, and work ethic, and maximizing on what he wants you to do right now, then you will begin to see doors continue to open for you. But when you begin to get so caught up on the door you want to open, you will mismanage the responsibilities of the current room you're in from the previous open door, and then you won't be uh, proven to be a steward, a, a, a good steward enough to take care of the, the next open door. If you can't handle the room you're in from the first door that was open, you can't expect the next door to open for you. So when it comes, I won't even ask God to open doors. Just, Lord, I, 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 I ask for your will to be done. And I'm going to continue to be well in my doing with the thing that you currently want me to do and trust that in your due time and the door will be open. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with venting to God like, man, I really can't wait for this day to come. And then after you petition and you vent, and then you'll be like, you know what? I'm going to get back to what I need to go get back to and, 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 and just trust that is in God's timing. What keeps me from dwelling on things that I shouldn't is trusting that God's timing is perfect. Great question. Audra Drake says, hey, coach, I do. I do get over my fear of sharing the gospel. How, how do I get over my fear of sharing the gospel? 
I've been feeling God put this on my heart, but I have a fear of being seen as weird and crazy. Great question. Here's the advice I have for you. I typically share the gospel these two ways. When I felt the impression of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about with strangers. When I feel the impressions of the Holy Spirit, then I'll do it because I already know he paved the way. Secondly, I share the gospel or I evangelize or I disciple through relationship. People are going to listen to people that relate to them, that understand them. You have a greater chance of converting someone by the spirit of God, by the help of God, when there's relationship done. Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit uses in a greater way people he knows have a relationship with that individual. So a coach, a teacher, a friend, a pastor, uh, a co-worker that they have a relationship with, he'll utilize those avenues because there's a connection there. There's a human connection there of relatability that will cause the relationship doors to open for the Holy Spirit to come in, right? And there are some people who have the gift of evangelism that they can walk up to a perfect stranger and boom. And those are based upon how the Holy Spirit leads. But as far as fear, you have to ask yourself, why am I afraid? now, Or am I putting myself in situations that's not warranted me to, to evangelize, therefore make, making me not feel as comfortable in the Holy Spirit leading me? Because you could be afraid because you went out there on your own, the Holy Spirit didn't really lead you to go talk to that person. I could be fearful. But when it comes to sharing the gospel, I usually share it through relationship. I usually share it through, through the impact moments that I have with people. So if I'm in a grocery store, we don't have to be friends. But if we're having a conversation or I hoop with you and we have a conversation, I use the moment of my impact to then share the gospel. When they ask of the hope that's in me. So I, the thing about it is to make, the gospel, to make sharing the gospel easier is to continuously show the gospels affecting your life every day. People should see the gospel at work that will lead them to ask the gospel to work on them. They're not going to say it's the gospel. They're going to just say something's different about you. You have so much favor. God always or things always and then then they'll be connected to you because your life is different. That's how the world's going to be reached in these day and age. How are you being sustained with all this stuff coming your way? How was God? How was things working out for you? And we're going through shortages here, shortages there. How is this happening for you? I know. Because God is my source. Right now, we're going to really see who's provided for ultimately by God or ultimately by the systems of the world. And people are going to be gravitating to God because God's people are going to still be blessed. God's people are not going to be stressed when it comes to these different things. So living the gospel makes sharing the gospel easier. Great question. Last question, it seems like, what's the best way to pick yourself up after sexual sin or fornication? Great question. The best way to pick yourself up is to realize you can't pick yourself up. Only God can pick you up. Now, you get up to be picked up. You have to have a get up mindset. I'm not saying this to you later until God tell, tell you. But what I'm saying is you have to understand that to be completely free from that, you got to be freed from the depths of that. You can break a branch and pull up a tree, but if you don't pull the seeds in those roots, that thing is going to uh, that thing is going to uh, sprout up again. So the best way to pick us about the front is to realize you got to have amnesia, fam. No, first off, you have to a, acknowledge that you can't do this without God. You got to acknowledge, God, I need you. I you got to you got to acknowledge, God, I am articulating to you. I cannot leave these cheeks alone. 
I can't leave these women alone. I can't leave this man alone. I can't leave this uh, 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 porn alone. I can't leave it alone. I need you. Oh, I need thee. Then from that acknowledgement, then you got to be accessible to God. Accessible. God, I'm here. Like if a person wants me to mentor them, a mentor should never chase the mentee. The mentee should always chase the mentor because the mentor is busy doing mastery. If people want me to be their big brother, a mentor, whatever, I'm not going to go out my way calling you all the time. You want me in your life. You come to me. All right. So you got to be accessible. If you got, which means you got to be serious. You got to be accessible. You got to get into the word. You got to say, I want to be, you got to prove that you want to be free from this. Accessibility. Accessibility then leads to assessing. I acknowledge I need God. I am fully aware I need him. I make myself accessible. Then I start assessing myself from the accessibility. Because then when I get into the light, I'm drawn to the light now. I'm in the light so that my deeds can be exposed. Expose me, oh God. I rather God expose me in private than for exposure to happen in public. Then you start assessing. Now that you're in the light, now you're accessible <clears throat> and you're in the light. Then you start looking at yourself, oh, that's the reason why I'm like this. I ain't forgave my pops. I ain't forgave my mom. I was abused. I was, I got introduced to pornography at eight in eighth grade or whatever, right? Right? Then from assessing, then you make the adjustments. You make the adjustments. You start making the adjustments in your life from acknowledging, assessing, uh, uh, accessibility, and assessing. You make the adjustments. After you done made the adjustments, you go after the things of God wholeheartedly. You go after it ten with tenacity. Get into your purpose. What helped me was those books. I was too distracted to fall in that stuff. Too distracted. Because I'm doing my purpose. You got to go after it. And then you got to have amnesia, man. You got to forget it. Tom Brady said, some quarterback said, man, I don't care if I throw a pick six. I don't think about it too much. Because if I keep thinking about that interception over and over again, I will surely throw another one. You got to acknowledge that you need God more than anything. You got to acknowledge your wrongs. You got to acknowledge that you are nothing without him. You got to be accessible to him. You got to be mentored, discipled by him. You got to be close to him. You got to mean it. Then you got to make some assessments. Assessing your life. What is the root reason of why I'm doing this? Well, and then make the adjustments. Once you make the adjustments, you go after the things of God wholeheartedly. And then you have, in the midst of that, amnesia. Hope to help. Woo. Got time for two more and I'm done. How do you deal with toxic environments? Watching from Sweden. Thank you for watching from Sweden. I really appreciate it. Thank you for watching. Um, not to make the environment make you toxic. You have one or two options. If it's a if it's an environment you can leave, then leave it. If you can leave it. If it's a I'm talking about like if it's a toxic relationship, if it's a toxic uh daughter to daughter to mom, daughter to dad, son to dad, son. Certain relationships you can leave. Now, if you live with these people or you're in, you know what I'm saying? If you're in an environment that you can't leave, then you learn from that environment. You don't allow that environment to make you toxic. You just navigate it the best way you can. You 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 keep being, um, because no matter how bad the environment is, joy supersedes any environment. Joy, productivity, work ethic, focus, 
supersedes all toxic environments. If you focus on the environment, you'll be a product of that environment. If you focus on the environment, you'll become a fruit of that environment. If the environment begins to focus on you because you're focused on him and you focus on your purpose and you focus on you and improve it, then your environment becomes a fruit of you. And if that toxic environment doesn't want to change, then you move on. But it just depends. Give me some clarity. If, is it an environment you can't leave or an environment you can leave? You're so welcome, all things made, Jeremiah. You're so welcome, family. You're so welcome. Okay. Uh, how is this happening? Oh, oh, no, that's wrong. Oh. <clears throat> Let me see a Mimi. Mimi, let me know what, you, what you're thinking. So that's the best way. If it's, a, if it's an environment you can leave, then leave it. If it's an environment you can't leave, stay focused on you. Stay focused on God. Stay focused on your purpose. And that environment will begin to focus on you. And that environment becomes a fruit of you. We are thermostats, not thermometers. We're here to change environments, not just tell the environment. Here's a question there for those who are watching. Let me make sure my wife ain't called yet. Give me one sec. Let's see if my wife called. No, she didn't call. So she's still at practice. Okay. Maria says, <clears throat> why do people you've helped for years start? Why do people you've helped for years start to do you wrong and treat you unfairly after they get momentum in their own life. Listen, oftentimes people treat those closest the worst. That's why I've learned in my life not to make certain people comfortable because when you they become comfortable, you become common. See, people have been drawn to me excited. I've had people come to me just with big eyes, just excited about the anointing on my life or excited about what they can get from me, right? Based on what my ministry was like, what it was, right? And then I, through my ignorance, through my naivety, made them, I allowed them to get too close and allowed them to get too comfortable. Then I became too common. Sometimes you can't be common with certain people. There are certain people that you're not better than, but they're not mature enough to be close, I don't think that I'm better than anybody. No, but there are certain people who are not mature enough mentally, spiritually, emotionally, or physically to be comfortable around me because they're not used to this. They're not used to this climate. They're not used to this level. You can't bring. That's why certain rich people don't bring poor people to certain places with rich folk because they know the, their mentality is not ready for this environment. Right. That's why God doesn't bring us and promote us easily. He's trying to prepare us for the the places we want to be. So people are going to always treat you uh, uh, like that because most people have a selfish, uh, insecure, immature way about themselves that you could have helped them for years and then they disappear because they got everything they wanted from you. So the number one thing you do, you don't, you don't become hard hearted by that. You realize that's people. You just dust it off of you. And then going forward, you say, OK, you have to earn to be comfortable around me. You have to earn to get close to me and my resources and my time and my emotions and my money. You got to earn that. You just can't, because if they don't earn it, they'll burn it. If they don't earn that time, if they don't earn that, whatever. Now you can give people time based upon your discretion, but we're talking about closeness. If they don't earn that closeness and haven't been proved and don't haven't proven that they're mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically ready to handle to be close, and they were a God sent to go through those clearances, people can be sent your way. Some people are sent your way to be mentored. They don't mean they sent to be your man. I mean, hold on, they ain't sent to be. Uh, uh, uh. Hold on, let me change that. Just because they were sent to you doesn't mean they were sent to go deep with you. 
They may have been sent to you for you to mentor them. They may have been sent to you for just a, a piece of advice. They may have been sent to you for whatever, but they wasn't necessarily sent by God to get close. There are certain people that you're supposed to only talk to on the street. Hey, man, you're doing all right, but you won't let them in your yard. There are certain people you'll bring in your yard, but you won't sit on the front porch and sit down for an hour or two, sip sweet tea with. There are certain people that you will let in, that you uh, may let on your front porch, but you won't let them in your living room. There are certain people that you'll let in your living room, but they won't go to your bedroom. You can't give street people sheet permission. You can't give street people access to sheets. Getting them close to you, that's, that, that's not how you do it. You have to learn that you have to look at your heart because sometimes as people pleasers and, and as lovers and empaths, and empathetic individuals, we want everybody to be healed, but not everybody wants to be healed. And so that's just people for you, my friend. People will use you. Even if they meant well in the beginning, if they wasn't well from the beginning, they're not going to do you well. Simple as that. Some people just, and, and don't and don't, don't doubt yourself. Don't be mad at yourself because how people treat you, I wouldn't even take it personal. That's what they're going through. I got kids in my school who, who, who respect and honor me and kids who don't, but I'm not going to take it personal. It is. It just is what it is. People are people. And some people recognize the value. I got some students right now in my school that I will go far for, but I won't go that far with other kids. And what I mean by far, like, like I will counsel, counsel, counsel. I'll be there for whatever. But there's some kids I want. There's some people that I will go all the way for. Some people I will give you just the basics. The basis of my job, the basis of who I am, but I'm not going to go that far because I can see in your eye, you don't honor me, respect me, because you don't even honor and respect yourself, and you don't even honor and respect God. So if they don't honor and respect God, honor respect themselves, what makes you think or what makes we us think that they will honor and respect us? So let people get momentum and fly off because you know what's going to happen. They're going to try to come back. So you got to keep, you, you keep your heart right. You got to keep your heart right towards everyone because they want to try to come back and you don't want to come back salty. So when they come back, you just tell them, hey, you just either you modify or you don't owe them anything. You just but hey, man, I hope you well. I'm sorry, man. I don't have the time. I wish I could. And that's sometimes you got to be a lesson. I don't mind being a lesson for somebody else on how to treat somebody else. That happens in relationships. Just because you break up with them, don't break up with them and then let them back in your life. Be a lesson. So if they try to come back and be like, listen, uh, what we had was cool, but we, but, but no, I'm not accepting you back. Why? I'm just, let me be your lesson. Let me be your lesson on how you treat the next woman. I hate you the next man and keep going on with God's plan for your life. I love you all. I better go ahead and go. Uh, you got the answer though, Mimi. You said, thank you. I can leave, but might put some people in difficult situations. Slow rider. Sorry. No problem. You fine, but you got the answer. I'm glad. Uh, I gotta go, y'all. Love y'all. Gotta go, y'all. I better go. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Make sure you check out my website, iamunplugged.com, for card games, resources, tools. Uh, with my latest book, uh, The Wholeness Journal. Uh, books, card games, all that stuff. Ways to give to support what I do is all available uh, on my website as well. I make sure I get my graphic up. I am unplugged.com as well as get you some merch. We got merch like the one I'm wearing now. Uh, we got merch available there as well. Like this shirt here, the whole bucket. 
Uh, so I love you all. Y'all be blessed. Thank y'all so much for all those who comment on me and my wife's anniversary. We thank you so much. We feel the love. We feel the support. And uh, we appreciate you all, man. Y'all be blessed. Have an amazing weekend. And I'll see y'all next time. Uh, let me get my graphic. And peace.